0: Chatting with top harness trainer driver Michael Formosa about the horse of a lifetime for Michael and his wife Kirsty, Ultimate Art, who retired recently. You put him away after that Breeders Challenge final as a two-year-old. Uh, you really looked after him, Mike. He didn't race again for six months. You gave him a heap of time. Yeah, I
1: had um, <clears throat> three months off after the- Breeders' Challenge, um, I always remember, you know, Brian Hancock, he used to always give his good horses a, a real good break at the end of each preparation and mm-hmm. that's what we done with him and, uh, yeah, brought him up slowly and we had the, you know, the same sort of races mapped out for him, the Derby, the, the Chalice and, and then the Breeders' Challenge were our main aims of him as a three-year-old. hmm
0: well, I know you were absolutely tickled pink with his run in the New South Wales Pacers Derby. It was a hot field and you ran third behind two good ones, Lenny the Shark and the Queenslander Majestic Mac. And I spoke to you on the day. you were thrilled to bits.
1: Yeah, well, it was it was sort of more of a front runner back in those days because I think now looking back because he was you know he was such a a big sort of horse at the time. I think um, he sort of never had the high speed that um, he developed later on. And I think uh, he was just being a young horse going through that growing stage, he was sort of always better up front. And um, in the Derby final, he he come from well back and he was so sort of green. He he was following the winner and when the winner pulled out, he lost... uh, Lost ground of him and then made it again at the finish. And I think you're on the third, fastest half of the day. Mm. That day, that was the day of, I think the Miracle Mile might have even been on that day as well. Yeah. Um, and that's when I thought, oh, you know, we're, we're really going to stand up and be counted in the future because, um, mm. as you know, it's a bit different being, you know, if you're one dimensional it's hard to lead all the time and that's the day he sort of started to, we realised, you know we could come from behind as well
0: mm. Well you went back to your old stamping ground at Bathurst for the heat and the final of the gold chalice, he won both and again Bathurst had been very good to the four Moses
1: Yeah, yeah we were lucky we had the, we drew well, we're good again in the heat in the final and um, <clears throat> he got crossed in the final and they went quite quite quickly and and uh, broke the overall the track record that night, which still stands today. So it was you know quite a good run by a three-year-old to mm. to not only win but to, to break the uh, open-age track record as well. Mm.
0: You might have looked after him a little too well during his next spell because he he got away on you a bit and you couldn't get him quite fit enough for the Newcastle Derby when you ran second to Armbrough Chimes, and um, that might have cost him the race, Mike. He had gotten away from you, hadn't he?
1: Yeah, definitely. Look, um, when you get these horses, as you know, John, you're sort of... Honestly, the last thing you want to do is, is break them down because, you know, the, you know, this could be it. This could be the only time you get a horse this good. And, mm. and uh, he was always on the lazy side, which made it a little bit harder to work him, but... Um, I was always a bit worried, you know, I was going to break him, so I was sort of always a little bit soft on him, um, and it definitely cost him a few races along the way. But in saying that, I think um, in the overall scheme of things, you know, he lasted quite a, a while to last to race till nine years old. So mm. being a bit easy on him, you know, and losing a few races, he, he shouldn't, he should probably should have won
0: Yeah.
1: along the way. Overall, it was uh, no damage done.
0: No. Nah. Another Group 1 win for Ultimate Art was the 4-year-old Breeders Challenge Final and then he had a good spell again. Uh, You got a terrific thrill early in 2015 when you and Ultimate Art made the Inter-Dominion Grand Final, won by the champion Bow Tide. Now, the heat firstly. You drew Barrier 1, you followed the leader, horse called Easy on the Eye, a great New Zealander Terror to Love raced on your outside and had you in a firm pocket coming around the turn did you have to give the Kiwi a little nudge there?
1: Yeah well as you know Blake Blake drove um, Terror to Love that, that night he's very competitive and he doesn't give anyone an inch and <clears throat> I was bolting on the, on the back of the leader and Blake was sort of outside of me and he was under a little bit of pressure and I sort of looked at Blake and I said, so, so I'm not going to knock you down, but I'm going to give you one hell of a shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. We got
1: uh, got level with him and, you know, we'd done it all within, within the rules and pushed him out and yeah. got there right on the line. Yeah, it, was, you know, it wasn't a Group 1 race, but, Jesus, it was a good feeling. Probably oh. the best feeling I've had to win a race like that.
0: Absolutely. Well, you made the final. He ran seventh in that grand final, uh, won by Bowtide, who rated 155.8, Michael, for 3,009 metres. What have you got to do to win at Malangle at that level?
1: Yeah, I mean, those really top horses, the, the barrier draws don't make much difference, but for guys like us, that, that next run down, you've got to have everything, you know, go your way. And we actually drew, we drew well, we drew four, but there was, horses off the back line as well or three horses off the back line and we weren't able to sort of get in a bit you know we had sort of had to we got back a little bit further than we we wanted to but he sort of you know I couldn't I couldn't use him up twice in that race so we just sort of drove him for luck and he actually finished the race off really good he was hitting the line well at the end and um, yeah it was a great thrill to be you know part of that series and you know, go in the retention barn and, you know, it was was great just to sort of be involved.
0: Mm. Do you ever think to yourself in your quiet moments, Michael, my boy, you've done pretty well for a motor mechanic from Wyong, you've driven in a miracle mile and you've driven in an Inter-Dominion Grand Final. Doesn't happen to everybody.
1: No, it doesn't. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the top trainers like, you know, Mark Turden and... Gavin Lang and Chris Alpha and Luke McCarthy, that, that happens on a regular uh, occurrence. But, you know, the average mm-hmm. average guy, yeah, they're the lucky to, to even get a chance. So, yeah, definitely count me lucky stars and put it down to, per, um, you know, persistency and mm-hmm. getting up every day and, and soldiering on. Yep, and, keep, uh, keep chipping away. Yep. Yeah, yep.
0: On two occasions you decided to send Ultimate Art to Brisbane where they go fast enough at Albion Park but not quite as quickly as they go at Menangle. Now, didn't he, how many straight did he win? He got onto an enormous roll there for a while.
1: Yeah, he won uh, eight straight there at one stage. Good oh, um, heavens, yeah. He was actually, um, because he was a tough horse, he sort of, a 1,000-metre track probably suited him more than the, and the mile track and I used to go to Queensland quite a bit through the winter with a team of horses and um, it was just getting hard having him and uh, to race him on a Saturday night and then I had a team of horses to go to Newcastle on a Saturday night so um, yeah we just decided at the time it was probably best to send him up there and because he was one of those horses very intelligent horse and whenever we used to take him away somewhere he just used to he just used to get so excited and, and just be a different horse. So we, um, mm. uh, we sent him up to Shannon Price and Scott Miller, and yeah, mm. he'd done a terrific job up there.
0: What was your previous connection with Shannon Price? You probably stayed there, did you, when you were in Brisbane?
1: Uh, yeah, initially she, um, <clears throat> she stayed at my place once when I was down the central coast, and then, uh, mm. And when we moved to Ellalong, she was a regular here and uh, mm. whenever she'd bring horses down and um, through her we, we had quite a few people from Queensland that would stop with us. Look, Grant Dixon was here a few times and Natalie Rasmussen and mm. I met Shane Sanderson the same way. So, yeah. yeah, opened up a lot of doors, you know, meeting new people through, through Scott and Shannon.
0: Yep. Well... After that first very successful stint in Brisbane, you brought him home for a while. He won another two or three at Manangle, and about a year later, you sent him back again. And blow me down, he won another three at Albion Park.
1: Yeah, yeah, he definitely. Um, he just, as I said, he loved that thousand metre track, and he was uh, one of those horses. If he got up, the, you know, to the death or the lead at Albion Park, you'd never get past him. And mm. They were just having, you know, they were having their free-for-alls every week. They were, you know, they were only smallish fields and and <clears throat> we just thought, you know, it was better for him up there. It was, uh, I'm not going to say it was easier, uh, no. but, you know, it was definitely different than going to Menangle. We'll put it that way. It was, uh, you know, smaller fields. They were more sort of random barrier draws and um, same sort of horses racing each week and, mm. And, uh, yeah, it worked out really good.
0: Well, as they say in the corporate world, it was a sound business decision to send him to Brisbane.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, when, so when you've got a nice horse like him, you don't want to just run him for the sake of it. You always want him to win or, or, or finish up there. So, yeah, we thought that was the best place for him to, to be able to do that.
0: Last year, while Ultimate Art was still racing you decided to try him as a stallion under the artificial insemination method. And I'm pleased to report nine of his foals will arrive this coming spring. That's something to look forward to.
1: Yeah, definitely. We um, After his last campaign, uh, when he was having a spell, we, yeah, we thought, well, we'll get a few. More. We're only going to do a couple of our own, and um, hmm. sort of word got around and ended up doing nine. While he was out having a break, um, Darren uh, Ray at Madawi Lodge done all this insemination work with him and mm. he wasn't very good to start with but he sort of got the hang of it in the end so it been interesting to see how he, he goes this, this season if mm. he uh, remembers what to do again.
0: Well, that little breeding exercise might have taken his mind off racing, Mike because he wasn't quite the same horse in four or five runs last time in. And as soon as you realised he wasn't putting in, you pulled the pin.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were. Um, I don't know if that's the reason why, or just aged caught up with him. But uh, yeah, he just sort of wasn't the same. There was a race there at um, an angle and <clears throat> that's when the um, the preferential draw dollars system came in, and he got into a, a, a race which he should have he should have won, and he just. He sort of ran up to him real quick and I thought, oh, he's back. And then he just faded out and yeah. came off the track and he wasn't really blowing. And I thought, well, that's sort of just, mm. that's, he's just not interested anymore. So we'll pull the pin. Um, each year I bought him back. I didn't know, you know, how long he was going to last. So we were, we were lucky to get um, as many oh, yeah. seasons out of him as we did.
0: Well, he got through to nine years of age without a setback. He retires completely sound. He was a horse of perfect gait and perfect temperament.
1: Yeah, he definitely, is. such a such a good-natured horse, and um, that's that's the reason why we never gelded him because he was just so quiet all the time. And, mm. and uh, he's part of the family now, so he's uh, going to uh, keep us on our toes for a while, hopefully, serve a mares and have an offspring around. So yeah, yeah hopefully, it all works out for him.
0: Well, you're going to stand him commercially, Michael, at a service fee of a thousand dollars plus GST, and I'm sure a lot of his old fans will come along with brood mares for ultimate art.
1: Yeah, well, we thought um, <clears throat> it's so competitive now the the stallion ranks, so um, obviously we've got to get you know foals on the ground to see if he's if he's you know going to work out as a sire, and uh, hopefully his progeny, have his attitude and his gait. Mm. Um, yeah, so we thought we'd price him fairly cheap and he's also eligible for the um, colonial rebate through Harness Race in New South Wales. So yeah. there's a you know a bit of an incentive there to breed to him and, and hopefully it works out for everyone.
0: You pulled off a terrific hat trick a few years ago. I remember this very clearly. You won the Intercity Pace Final with Staminator couple of weeks later, you won the Fairfield Maltese Drivers' Race and the very next night, you won the Golden Guitar Final at Tamworth. That was a unique treble.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think it'll ever be done again now. So, hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was quite a good week. Uh, about a month was good and I used to whisper in Kirstie's ear that I was the cups cup's king and she used to really (laughs) give it to me that i was i was showing off a bit but
0: yeah that maltese drivers race at fairfield was an interesting experiment Uh, the fairfield club which is now defunct of course ran that promotion for quite a number of years and if you wanted to run a horse in it you had to find a driver of maltese origin preferably one who could steer (laughs) (laughs) And every year when that race had come along, your phone would jump off the hook for three or four weeks before.
1: Yeah, I was definitely a man in demand about that time of year. (laughs) I'd get phone calls sometimes two months before the race, people wanting wanting me to to commit to their horses. And it was always a tricky one, you know, whether to to accept, accept straight away or hang off and wait for better drives. But... Yeah. I was lucky enough, I think I won five or six of them. Oh, um, you did. Over the time. Yeah. Um, I won one, the first one I won was in the early 90s, On uh, one for Joe Pace, and it was, it was like a State of Origin series. Back then there was five <coughs> New South Wales drivers and five um, mm-hmm. Melbourne drivers, mm-hmm. and um, it was all you randomly picked. You didn't get to pick what horse you drove, it was just automatically picked for you, it was until Mm. the later years that the trainer got to pick um, their drivers, but yeah I used to really enjoy going down for that day, it was great.
0: Couple of closing questions I've been intrigued by your racing colours, white red Maltese cross blue striped sleeves and the Maltese cross obviously symbolises your ancestry
1: Yeah it definitely does i always had a love affair with with Vinny Knight as well, he had the the Red Maltese cross, and <clears throat> me being a Maltese origin, it was yeah, it was definitely something I was always going to have. And I worked on those colours at home before I even had my licence. So um, you know, when I come up with those colours and registered them, I was tickled pink.
0: You have a nickname which has gathered momentum in recent years. People frequently call you the Falcon. Who's responsible for that?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mark McNamara was responsible for that. Um, mm-hmm. He always used to give everyone nicknames early on uh, when he used to call up here at Newcastle. And, and uh, yeah, I got him to thank for that. And you know, I've been called worse, so I'll take the shark in any day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mario Fennick, uh, the great rugby league player, had the same nickname for most of his career.
1: Yeah, he did. He was of Maltese origin too, so yeah, we are both, uh, both got the nick- same nickname.
0: Well, you're aware that uh, Mark McNamara in Christening You the Falcon was alluding to the famous 1940s classic The Maltese Falcon, rated by the experts to be right up there with Casablanca and The African Queen among Humphrey Bogart's best movies.
1: Yeah, I've never actually watched that, but now that you've, you've mentioned it, I'm going to dig it up on YouTube and see if I can I can watch that movie and see what all the fuss is about.
0: You'll enjoy it, Michael. Bogart <laughs> played a private investigator by the name of Sam Spade, and it was vintage Bogart. Terrific old movie.
1: No, it'll be interesting to see it.
0: Now, tell me about the kids. You and Kirsty have two lovely daughters. Chloe is 14... She's a successful exponent of the mini trot movement and Emily is 13. She likes horses, but maybe not as passionately as her sister.
1: Yeah, well, Chloe's a bit of a perfectionist and got to win all the time and she's done quite well with the mini trot. She's won um, the last two Miracle Miles and run second in the inter and she's run second twice in the championships. Uh, she drives a very good pony called Lumberjack Willie. And Emily, she's more of a social butterfly. She she just goes to the, the races to have fun. She doesn't care where she runs as long as she's having a good time in between races with her friends. That's all that matters to her. So, yeah, they're like chalk and cheese. Mm. I'd say they'll both end up driving the bigger ones. I don't know how involved they'll get, whether they do it as a hobby or... or Full time or not, I'm not sure. I'll leave it up to them.
0: And does your ex-jockey wife drive the paces occasionally?
1: She used to drive a lot, but um, she sort of, um, yeah, she doesn't en- didn't enjoy it much. In the end, I think she was putting too much pressure on it to, to get it right, so she just decided to, yeah, not drive anymore. And uh, plus I had a lot of young ones and that, and I didn't want to get her hurt or anything getting hurt or anything like that, so Mm. she's more just happy just to to do the um, odd jobs in the morning, let her in the stables and give me a hand.
0: Mm. A lot of jockeys uh, have got mixed feelings about driving the paces. They reckon it's too close to the ground.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not real big on getting on their backs, so (laughs) I think it's too far off the ground, so yeah, yeah, that's where we're different, isn't it?
0: As I mentioned earlier, you're based in a lovely little spot called Ellalong in the Lower Hunter. You're on 30 acres. You've got a very good track, just a tick under half mile. You do all of your work at home and you go to those Newcastle trials whenever one of them needs a good blowout.
1: Yeah, that's right. i um, set this place up from scratch about 13, 12, 13 years ago. Um, had a lot of good trainers stay here, like Mark Purden's had horses here and Natalie Rasmussen and Grant Dixon and mm. Daryl Graham and a lot of you know, a lot of people have stayed here and always been happy with our setup here. Um, mm. probably it's just a little bit far from um an angle now. Uh, you know, at the time we moved up here, um, it was probably you know, that was this was probably the only place we could afford this amount of land. Mm moving away from Sydney instead of closer to it. So, um, no, but it's a good setup. It's, it's It's pretty central in the Hunter Valley here. It's easy access to get to anywhere. So, you yeah, know, we're happy here. We'll probably, you know, stay here the rest of our lives, I guess.
0: That movie we were talking about was nominated for three Academy Awards. Didn't win any, but it was right in the mix. And yeah. I'm absolutely certain that Harness Racing's Maltese Falcon... Will win a few more awards before he's finished.
1: Yeah, no, it'd be good too. Um, be good to get another good horse again. We'll keep trying. We've um, we've been back to the sales quite a few years, and we've bought some nice ones. Nothing as good as Old them at Art, but um, mm. you know, hopefully, one of his progeny will turn out as good as him. Would be great.
0: Well, Falcon, it's been an absolute delight having you on the podcast. Thanks for your time and continued good luck.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. It was
0: a pleasure. And this podcast was produced by Supernova South. It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it First hand. Get all the info at harnessmediacenter.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round.